Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yossi Schmidt Show. Today we have Matt Palumbo, author of Fact Checking the Fact Checkers. Matt, can you please introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Matt Palumbo. Uh, as you may have heard, the author of Fact Checking the Fact Checkers, but uh, also a few other books over the years. Um, the most recent before that was a book I did called The Man Behind the Curtain, which is a biography, uh, obviously a very critical one of George Soros. Um, and then just uh, other series of political science and economic books um, sort of over the years, but it's kind of the only one I ever uh, ended up being known for, and hopefully the second one too, the, the, the fact-checking one too. So, Matt, what inspired you to write Fact-Checking the Factors? Um, you know, politics for me has been uh, an increasingly therapeutic, uh, writing, I should say, has been increasingly therapeutic as someone who works in politics, because I'm sort of, you know, I, I work for Dan Bongino, I manage his social media, I run Bongino Report, and, you know, I'm reading at least 100 stories a day, and it is very hard not to go completely insane um, when you're kind of being bombarded with, with the news all day, um, and I, I think that's kind of true of anyone in politics, um, but among the people, the, you know, common, uh, I guess the, the current, the common villains I would encounter throughout my day would be these fact checkers, where uh, it was as if they were given, you know, these roles as the arbiter of truth, uh, and they were bestowed with the power to censor. And you know what the way it works is many of these big fact-checking organizations will partner with Facebook, with Twitter, with Instagram, et cetera. And you know, it's good in theory. Hey, a lot of social media, a lot of misinformation is going to spread on social media. Uh, but these people are mainly political activists, uh, you know, in intentionally or not, and they get the final say on truth. So what, what very commonly happens is they will censor reality in the name of faction. You know, Biden will do something embarrassing and they will, I mean, I have a chapter in the book called Fact Checkers Versus Our Eyes and Ears, where there are cases where Biden will say something in a hot mic, tens of millions will hear it, it'll go viral, and the fact checkers will do this. Well, actually, here's what he may have sort of could have potentially met, maybe. And then everyone who shares the original link gets censored. Um, and, and they will rewrite reality or, or sort of hedge reality, too. So, for instance... It has been for the past century in this country, if the economy shrinks for two quarters in a row or six months, we call that a recession. Now, the first quarter of 2020, the economic growth was negative. And it was widely known or widely expected growth in the second quarter would be negative. So everyone knows what would happen when that gets reported. The headline is economy falls into recession under Biden. So in the month or so before this happening, which everyone knew was gonna happen, they sort of preemptively redefined what a recession was and went at this whole, well, while we always use that definition, technically speaking, there's no official definition, which, you know, it's one of those things that's true, but you didn't do this under Trump or Obama or Clinton or Bush or anyone else. It was only under this guy. Um, so there was this huge coordinated attempt from every fact-checking agency to redefine recession. And I think I did an essay in the book that might have been something like 4,000 words because of how maddening it was to see this. And what I think is kind of the money here, what I point out is every single person, without exception, who is repeating this mantra that a recession is not, not two quarters of growth, this is a myth, uh, we're not really in a recession, every single one of them, without, without exception, used that two quarters definition in prior years under Trump or other presidents. And in fact, had there was a case where Donald Trump said, his first year in office, he said, Obama had a recession his last year in office. And the fact checker, this guy, Lewis Jacobson, said, well, that's not true. This recession is two negative quarters, and we didn't have that. 
Now, fast forward a few years under Biden and there's two negative quarters and Lewis Jacobson, the exact same fact checker, said it's not true that there's a recession because that's not the real definition. So the exact same person is willing to change his definition of a word based on who's president. And I mean, that what I just explained is basically a metaphor for the entire book. It's 300 plus pages and it is back to back people stepping on rakes, contradicting themselves. I mean, fact checkers using different standards for people of different parties. Um, another thing I've noticed with them too is it's all college kids they hire, like PolitiFact. So you're taking like a 22 year old named Jessica with a social work degree and going, hey, Jessica, I need you to fact check on financial economics, the constitution, law, every possible topic. And I mean, if that's what your degree is in, go for it. You know, you, you can manage that. But they, they make these kids be jacks of all trades. And the only way they can justify it is they feed them a conclusion and just say, OK, find something that fits this. So that's sort of the summary of the book. And what really motivated me was there was one guy in particular named Tom, Tom Kerstetter. And it's sort of embarrassing for me to admit that uh, he, he triggered me enough to actually write this book. But I wrote an, an article maybe three or four years ago. And it was about how, a lot of people don't know this, that because in our census, illegal aliens actually counted as population. And so do non-citizen immigrants. Now, those groups can't vote in this country, but they get counted in population. And therefore, your representation in Congress goes up the more illegal immigrants you have in your state. So I did an analysis that I think California, I estimated, had four or five extra representatives than they would if we didn't count population this way. And he rated my claim false. And I, I, I mean, butchering it, but like I said it was four. And he was like, no, actually it's three and rated the claim mostly false. So it, it was frustrating enough where I'm going, okay, worst case scenario, I'm three quarters of the way right. And by the way, you're burying the lead. The lead is that it's absurd for counting illegals to determine population. Because that means states that break the law more get more representation in Congress. It's an absurdity. So that's, that's the point of the article was the absurdity. And they, they were like, no, you were only 75% right. So they gave me a mostly false rating. So rating. So I had a back and forth with this guy afterwards. And I, you know, I was a bit nastier than I should have been. But if you're going to ding me false and put it in the public record on BS, I'm not going to you know, take it kindly like most people will. And just over the years, every time he's written something, I've gone through it and debunked it when I can. Um, I probably quote in the book 50 or 60 times, but he's just one person where I was like, you know what, you're going to target on your back and the next book you were going to be in character. And here we are. So it's not really that you, as far as I understand, you didn't really get triggered by him. You just destroyed yeah. the broke the camel's back. Okay, you know what, that's actually a better way of putting it, because there was, okay, so the book's 100,000 words. I've been writing about, like, sort of fact-checking fact-checkers, you know, once every couple of months over the years, and I had, I think, 25,000 words written already, so I already had some sort of base to go off of going in, so you're, you're right, I've been on a, on a case, but that was just one of those, well, you know, that, that's a good way to put it. Once they came from me, I, it was just at a whole other level of come on. Like I've seen you do this to other people, but you reached to me for comment. And the thing is too, when he reached me for comment, he was like, what are some good sources to look into this claim? And I'm like, uh, first of all, A, me. Uh, B, why are you asking me to do your job? Like, here's the thing, I could give you sources that confirm me, but I also want to see if you're capable of replicating my findings. And I hyperlinked all my sources in my articles. So first of all, do you not understand how to click them? And then second of all, it, the, the funniest thing, and I, I should have led with this, my article was in my name, Nat Palumbo. It was on Dan Bongino's website, bongino.com. He didn't know how to read a byline. He said it was Dan Bongino who wrote the article. So like he couldn't even get the author correct. 
I think he fixed it, but like he couldn't even get something so basic correct as the byline. And that's after I had emailed with him talking about the sourcing. So it's like, I don't know what kind of clown show they're running, but the guy who, I think he's like a sports reporter. So, so no offense, I'm sure he's great at the sports job, but what, what could you possibly know about economics or representation? Like, it's just, he's out of his, he's out of his depth. And, uh, you know, I prove it a million times over in the book. Well, these fact checkers are nothing but uh, clowns yep. that people get censored because of. And I really appreciate what you do. I think, I don't know where I heard it from. It might have been from Dan's show. The fact checkers once claimed that Hillary didn't, uh, Hillary didn't demolish her computer. She hired people to do it. I can't remember that one, but that's actually very similar to what they'll do. So I am, I, I posted Dan's Facebook. One of the things we do worry about is, is how will a fact checker possibly spin this? And like, there are things where like, we'll joke, me and other writers who post this page will joke about how they'll fact check stuff. So like, I'll say like, you know, Biden sent a barrel of oil to China or sold a barrel of oil to China. And we'll try to guess what the fact checkers will say. And we're like, I bet a fact checker would be like, no, he sent a barrel that happened to have oil in it or something. Like, it, but that they do do that kind of stuff. Uh, one that comes to mind is, um, I think it was Biden eulogized Robert Byrd, who was, what was he? he was an imperial dragon in the KKK or something. But a lot of people said he was a grand wizard. And they were like, you know, the headline was, you know, uh, Biden eulogized a KKK grand wizard. Um, so the fact checkers were like, Actually, it's false. He was a KKK grand dragon or exalted cyclops, not a wizard. And it's like, okay, but you're admitting he eulogized the clans. Like that's that's the money. Sh- like that that's the that's the claim. And and they will nitpick a little detail and then exaggerate the significance of the detail in the rating. So in theory, that would be a mostly true claim or half true at the minimum. But they use a lot of subjectivity in determining how anal they want to be. So that alone was them to call the claim false. And there are cases too where they will take a true claim and then, you know, through social media, it's like a game of telephone, they will dig for a version of the true claim that got slightly twisted by someone on social media or slightly misreported. And then they'll attack that version to like attack the original claim by proxy. And there, there are cases where like I, I've, I've noticed their sourcing where like, the 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 person on Facebook they're debunking is a guy with a screen name like X5219 and has 12 followers. And I'm like, oh, how much digging did you have to do to find that guy, right? Like if you have to do that much digging to find a false claim, it's probably not very widely reported. Or that version of it's not widely reported. So they, they always get what they want in the end. Uh, and that's kind of their skill is that the conclusion comes first. They are, it is a Trojan horse for censorship. And it almost exclusively goes in one direction, which is I think the biggest proof of it. Yeah, and then the censorship, it just gets all minors. That's what actually got me started with doing whatever I do. And you just, I admire what you do and I admire how you put it all into a book. I started my thing years and years ago, uh, calling out fake news. But then there was newsbusters. This is before I came across Bongino Report. And I stopped, I moved to fighting against censorship. I don't know if you, uh, look what I, you saw in what I've done. But like, uh, and fact checkers also claim, start, start against uh, YouTube and all that. It's just annoying. Yeah. So 
yeah, really, really impressed with the book. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there are there is a good way to do fact checking, and I think the whole community notes thing on Twitter is probably a step in the right direction in that most of the fact checks that are like people submit don't actually go live on the post. It's, it's, I'm sorry, to anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about on Twitter, there was a feature rolled out a number of years ago called Community Notes, and the way it was supposed to work is it was this sort of interactive approach to fact checking where if you saw a post that was incorrect, you could submit your own feedback. People could see the feedback that was submitted and they could vote it up or down if they thought it was useful. And if it got deemed useful enough, it would go on the post as a warning. Now, for the first year or two it was out, it was almost never used. It was only used against right-leaning people because you know, the, it was still a clown show at Twitter. Um, once Musk has taken over, it's been applied, first of all, almost like very constantly uh, everywhere. And it's much more equally used. Um, and I, I don't know, it's just, it's just, there's always gonna be one person who knows better and that if a fact checker gets it wrong, there's always gonna be one person there to correct it and then other people can look at the data. And you know, you're never gonna get 100% accuracy, but it seems like at least a smarter way of doing it when it's collaborative. Um, like, you know, for as bad as Wikipedia is because of their editors, it, you know, on a completely non-political topics, it's pretty accurate. Like, you know, you're not gonna, if there's misinformation about like a TV show. So some super fans always gonna be there to correct it. Um, I know with, with politics, the editors, a lot of gatekeeping with the editors, but if you could have Wikipedia with no editors and it was just people, it would probably be even more accurate, to be honest. But it's the same thing with the Twitter notes. And I, I think that's sort of a promising way to go forward. Um, and I'm hoping it maybe will replace the partnerships with like PolitiFact and other groups who really can't be trusted. Um, and it, it, I'm hoping to start seeing these community notes on their fact checks, to be honest, because they kind of deserve it. Um, I. I don't mind as much if the community notes, community notes, are uh, applied to everyone. But the only thing I mind is if people get banned for for misinformation. Correct. Because, can, like you said, community notes, everybody could could vote, everybody could comment. But even if people claim it's not true, the person shouldn't get censored for it. Well, I think the big point here is. We all know what this, I, know, I don't get telling anyone about the censorship at YouTube and Twitter, but in despite the sea of misinformation out there, no one has ever been banned from Twitter or Facebook or YouTube for saying that we have a flat earth or the sky, the earth is flat. I mean, those are old falsehoods you can repeat and no one will, no one will ding you and no one will care. And the question is why? And it's because the, the term misinformation is generally used against information they don't like, or as we saw in COVID, it, it's might not be even deliberate misinformation, but it's the shifting sands of evidence are moving by the second and that what we didn't think was possible one time turns out it's actually true. And I mean, you could, I, I almost joked about this, but it's true. If you took every respected scientist in February or March of 2020 and put their predictions next to cool dude 55 on Twitter or, you know, Patriot Man 1776, and so, you know, just any random dude on Twitter, the random dude was more directionally correct or more intuitively correct about what's going to happen. And yes, they don't have the same scientific background. They can't define terms. They're not going to be as articulate. But I remember a buddy of mine who was like a roofer was like, yeah, no, it's all, it's all for control. And he basically predicted everything that's going to happen. He has no scientific background whatsoever. He just intuitively knew what happens when you give government that control. But that's the, that's the reason they had to censor that misinformation. Um, and in fact, I did a whole chapter in the book called COVID era fact checking, where I just go through all those things that changed. And I mean, the lab leak was, should have been the most important story of 2020 and got relegated to being conspiracy theory. Well, when 
someone, not to say his name, uh, declared that he's a science. You could have told that was going to go in a bad way. What's the thing about COVID? It's like, all right, we have this disease we never heard of before. What are we going to do? All right, we got this guy named Tony. He'll save us. Like, it's just a joke. Like, come on. <laughs> Old fat Tony. <laughs> fat Tony. I, I call him Dr. Tony in my uh, whenever I write about him. <laughs> I remember at the beginning of the COVID, I was telling everyone, he's the Mafia Don. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're probably more respectable than he is at this point. But, uh, and it's wild, too. Like, he's the one, too, he's still harping on the, the natural origin. And it's like everyone's turned on at this point. So it must be an ego thing. I, I, I don't know if you saw Michael Knowles' documentary about Fauci, but um, his, whole, his whole history as a public scientist was whenever there's a potential epidemic, he would over-exaggerate it by a factor of like a thousand and then nothing would happen. And then when it came to COVID, he did the opposite. He was downplaying it as early as January. I mean, actually, Trump banned travel from China while Fauci was still downplaying COVID. And then, of course, it killed, you know, 7 million people globally is the estimate. So it's like throughout his career, he's been the exact opposite on every possible issue you could ever imagine. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not one of the best people that Trump had up there. No, yeah. It's up for debate whether Trump should have fired him, couldn't fire him, whatever, but he was not one of the best people. Yeah, we have, we have hindsight now. Um, but I mean, to be fair, even if we fired Fauci, like, I mean, the, the, the paradox of that kind of thing is like, you're only really going to attract people who are bureaucrats who ideologically are that way in the first place. Like, yeah, so it's kind of a problem. You know, that's all part of the problem. And I, even like, it was Scott Gottlieb or whatever was. I guess the more conservative version, but even he's, I mean, he worked for Pfizer. He's, I think he's on their board now. Like this is just, everyone's in that orbit. So. Yeah, it's hard. It, the deep state's real. That's what no, Yeah. And you really, it turns out draining the swamp's a bit harder than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Any, anything in the fact checker book in particular you want me to go through? Like we could each go, go through the chapters right now and just pick one if you want me to talk about it or. I do not have the book in front of me, but. I'll, uh, let me go see. What do we got that's interesting? Uh, let's see. Oh, this is the best one. You're going to laugh at this one. Let's see. Oh, work is messaging me. Yeah, they can me. Um, it was just, you might recognize this one where that the headline on the Washington Post was um, like conservatives say that of the 20 most violent cities, uh, they're all run by Democrats. Here's why that's wrong. So I clicked through to the article and their rebuttal was that actually of the 20 cities, only 19 of them are run by Democrats. And here's the thing, here's the, this is the best part. So one of the cities, was I looked it up too, but it had an independent mayor. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, there are certain cities where they have nonpartisan elections. So you run for city council or mayor as a Republican or Democrat, but once you're actually in office, it's it's independent. So the person was a Democrat running as an independent. And that got that was their exception to the rule. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we're we're dealing with here. Uh, it sickens me. <laughs> yeah. It really sickens me. These people know no bounds. Yep. Well, and there's no shame, too. And it's like they're... It's as if they don't expect their own readers to read the article. They're like, yeah, they'll read the headline and assume it's debunking what they think it's debunking and then pass it off. Um, 
So yeah, it's very, very odd. Um, or like there was one I found where there was some politician, I, I'm wrong, I, I, there's many names I, I, I draw a blank on where she was claiming, she made some random reference about how like um, ordinary citizens should like, it was some out of con, uh, sort of like, I don't know way to phrase it. Um, just sort of delusional type, out of touch quote about, you know, how private citizens should, uh, how, how citizens should fly private jets if they're like concerned about travel. It was some just absurd type of uh, out of touch comment. Um, so one of the PolitiFax people reported that it was actually out of context. And then within an hour, I guess someone e emailed him the full context and it was exactly what it looked like. And they had to do the, the up the, so correction and then update to their correction of, okay, never mind. actually it was exactly what they said it was. Um, I think I did a chapter called like brief, yeah, brief blunders. I just go through these sort of like back to back, here's the claim, here's the rebuttal. And oh my God, how could they have gotten any worse? Um, let's scroll through right now. Um, let's see. Um, there was one where they were, the fact checker was trying to act like there was a debate over whether or not police reduce crime. Um, and the number one, like he was claiming there's no studies on it. And in the field of criminology, quite literally, the number one most replicated finding is that more police reduce crime. So he was looking at a field saying there's no evidence or no studies to support something. There's no more studies on than any other topic. Um, that was another favorite of mine. Uh, what else? Oh, there was one where, <laughs> so Newt Gingrich was talking about under Obama, um, how he in three years added more people to food stamps than Bush did in eight. And, you know, we're talking a, a magnitude of, so what was it? Um, over 14 million people being added. And Gingrich's math was off by like 50,000 people out of 15 million, and they rated his claim false. And it's one of those things where directionally, you're like, well, it's going to become true the next month anyway, so why don't you check back? So they check back the next month, and we're like, no, it haven't gone up anymore since then. And then the next month, it became true. Like the, the food stamp totals actually were higher, and they just started ignoring it. So they could keep the false rating. So this is what we're dealing with. Uh, but yeah, just a few examples that come to mind that are uh, absurd. <laughs> yeah. If people want to know the full uh, absurdity of fact trackers, just read Matt's book. It's Pretty really much. telling. I try to make it as comprehensive as possible and just put every possible example I could. Um, I mean, there's a lot of deleted content of stuff where I was like, 95% sure, but I didn't want to be like a fact checker and publish it without being 100%. So maybe maybe the sequel, if I can verify it for there. But uh, yeah, it's the most the longest thing I've ever written. I think it's like, you know, longer than the last two books I did combined. Um, and I just try to make it really as comprehensive as possible. Um, another thing readers might find useful is like, it's not, a, it's not a book in chronological order. And there's so many random topics that I debunked that it's a kind of book, if you think it's boring, just skip to the next topic on the next page. Like it's that kind of book where you can just pick and choose whatever you think is interesting. You don't gotta read it cover to cover. Uh, can, and and the, the table of contents, I broke out literally every heading in the table of contents. So it's like a 15 page table of contents where you can just use it as an index and say, well, that sounds interesting or that doesn't and you know, kind of pick and choose what you wanna read. Wow, wow, wow. No words. <laughs> It's an amazing book. We Thank definitely you. need a we definitely need a sequel. Yeah, I uh, 
I keep telling myself this will be the last book, but I've said that like eight times already. So it'll be it'll be out there. Unfortunately, there won't be a lack of content because the factory yeah. will always strike. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, they gave that. That's the thing about the book too. Like I just wanted to be done with it, and then every day there was something new. Where I'm like, okay, I guess spend three hours on this, and it was more work than I ever knew was possible. I don't think I really left my house uh, really at all for almost three or four months, uh, just working on it nonstop. Yeah. Everyone, order the book. Um, when's it coming out? Not for a while. Right? Unfortunately, it's not until July. Um, well, here's the thing. I've noticed whenever I, I submit my book to be published, it usually will come out like a month before the original launch date. Like they kind of pick it as like a, they put it far enough out where there's not going to be any delays or anything to push it back. But it, it could come out a month earlier than that. But for now, the release, the release date's July. But I, I'm hoping they can maybe push it out June or so. So follow Matt and he'll, he'll post when the when the book is available for order i'll tweet about it but the main source will be following them matt matt thank you so much for coming on the yossi schmidt show yeah it's my pleasure hopefully, to start me on. hopefully we can have you again yeah once the book is out why don't we do uh we do like a top five uh you know dumbest fact checker segment or something we'll, we'll find something fun that will be great <laughs> that would be great um Hopefully, I'll see you guys next week. And remember, hold everyone accountable.